Hello, and thank you for joining us for the Hatchbend Apostolic Church web broadcast. In our society today, some, and yes, sadly, maybe even most, question the value of preaching in their lives. But we still believe what Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. In essence, Paul preached that God has chosen the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. And so that's why we still place such a high value on the preached word of God in agreement to the scripture. And so now I'd like to thank you again for joining us for a message from the pulpit of Hatchbend Apostolic Church. I'm excited about what God is doing. God is doing here. God's doing in Madison. God's doing all across our state, all across our country. I'm excited about what God is doing because God is doing something in this place. If you will, turn with me to Judges chapter 16. I'm going to read verse 28, a familiar story of a familiar person I, I talk about a lot, and that's Samson. If you've been around me very much, I talk about Samson quite a bit. I like preaching about Samson because I sometimes find ourselves with Samson. <laughs> the Bible says in verse 28, it says, And Samson called unto the Lord and said, O Lord God, remember me. I pray thee and strengthen me. I pray thee only this once, O God that I may be at once avenged of the Philistines for my two eyes. If you will join me in prayer. Lord, I ask you right now, Lord Jesus, to touch this earthly vessel. Lord, I ask you right now, Lord Jesus, to anoint me, Lord Jesus, go above my abilities to die, Lord Jesus. Lord, I ask you right now, Lord Jesus, to minister to this congregation, Lord. Lord, I ask you, Lord Jesus, to touch everyone under the sound of my voice tonight, Lord Jesus, and allow this word to be an encouraging, Lord Jesus. Lord, I ask you, Lord Jesus, to touch them and anoint them tonight. Lord Jesus, allow your presence to be done in this service. Lord, in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I'm going to talk to us for a few minutes as you be seated from this title, Remember Me. Judges, and we look at Judges, we find the beginning of Samson's life, and I know this is a familiar story, but I just want to bring out a couple excerpts out of Samson's life and just talk about them for just a few minutes. But, you know, sometimes you may feel like in this, in this message, you may feel like I'm bouncing around from character to character or back and forth, but just welcome to my inside of my head. God has to deal with my bouncing around thoughts all the time. So you just welcome to my brain to that. But tonight in Judges chapter 13 and verse 5 is where the beginning of Samson's life. The Bible says, For lo, thou shalt conceive and bear a son, and no razor shall come upon his head for the child shall be a Nazarite unto God from the womb. He shall begin to deliver Israel out of the hand of the Philistines. This is where we first pick up in Samson's life. We find Samson, his, his, this, this prophecy going forth to his mother and father that he is going, they was going to conceive and have this baby, this little son. They was going to have this little boy. And this little boy was going to grow up and he was going to begin to deliver their, their people from the hands of the Philistines. He, this anoint, he was anointed from before he was even born. And tonight, sometimes in life, you know, we find ourselves just waiting, waiting for a certain time to, to begin our ministry. Here, this young man is, was anointed from beginning, before he was even born. And tonight, we find ourselves in our life, you know, we were all, everyone in this place, everyone in the sound of my voice was called, had a calling on their life before they were born. You, were, you had something in your life that God had, had desired for you. Sometimes we took it, took, took a while for us to step into that. 
In my life, it took me a while to finally fall into where God wanted me to do. It took me a while to finally get through my life. A lot of y'all know me growing up, and, and, but it took me a while. I didn't start when I was a teenager preaching. I didn't start when I was just a kid. It took some time in my life. But sometimes but that, that, that didn't mean I didn't have that calling in my life when I was younger. I prayed around these altars as a child, and I, and I knew God had something for me. Sometimes I ran from that. For, for years, I ran from that. But after times when I, even, even after I accepted that or I started coming around that, it still took some time. So tonight, I'm not saying our ministry, we started when we, were, we had a calling when we were, before we was born. But after that calling, sometimes our life took places. Things in our life took places, but we, we find ourselves being used by God. If we'll, 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 we'll share what God wants for us, he will use us tonight. We find through Samson's life where he was anointed from him before he was born, but that doesn't mean Samson did everything right all of his life. And that's why I think I've, I, I kind of feel like Samson sometimes because Samson just, you know, he did good sometimes and then he did bad sometimes. And that's where we can all find ourselves. And just a little bit later in Samson's life in Judges 14, we find in verse 5 and 6, the Bible says, and when, when, Then went Samson down and his father and his mother to Timothy, and came to the vineyards of Timothy. And behold, a young lion roared against him. And the Spirit of the Lord came out mightily upon him. And he rent him as he would have rent a kid. And had, he had nothing in his hands. But he told not his father, father and his mother what he had done. And so times in his life, you know, we find Samson, as I was talking about Samson's life, you know, we find him. He starts looking, and, and I know I just kind of bounced around this story, but I already warned you before when we bounce around in this story, we find ourselves just looking into Samson's life and we find Samson, he looking for relationships in the wrong places. We find Samson wanting, desiring relationships in the wrong places. And as he went through life, you know, he found this, and he, he said, I want this, I want this lady for my wife. And so that's where I picked up in the reading. My, his father and mother, they go down towards to see of this, meet this lady. And they, they went down to see this family and they went down there to do this and on their way the Bible says there, a young lion roared against him. And he, he tore the lion apart with his hands. God anointed him. And that's where his ministry, or his anointing began on his life. It wasn't his ministry, but it was his anointing. God came upon him. And as God came upon him, he rent this lion. And you say, why did he have to take on this lion? Why, did, why, why is this lion, story about this lion even in the Bible? But you know, we find David, David, David took on a lion and a bear. And while he was a youth, before he took on a Goliath, he took on a lion and a bear. And so sometimes in life, you know, we take on things in life. Sometimes God, God is preparing us for our ministry. Here, here Samson, God anointed him to take on this lion. And you say, why does this little young lion matter? But that was gave him confidence. That gave him confidence to take on whatever faith he had, the things he faced. And so sometimes in life, we go through life and we take these, we go through things in life and we go through trials in life. We go through things that we don't understand why. Why is this lion jumping out at me? Why is this, this, this disease I have? Why is this, why is this relationship fail? Why does this thing and this that happen? We ask, why does some things happen in our life? But God is preparing us. Everything we do, God is preparing us for what he needs us to do. God is moving in our life, and as we go through things, the lions that jumps out, the, the trials that we face, every one of them 
are, are, are making us what he wants us to be. Everything that we face goes through us. God allows small experiences in our life to begin to develop us into what he needs us to be. He allows the small things. Sometimes in life, you know, we get, dis- we get discouraged, because especially when we start feeling a calling on our life or we start feeling this or that in our life. We say, well, why can't I just do this? Why can't I go past this? Why can't I just go on and do these things? But God may be preparing you. That's why we ask that question. I ask, why, why hadn't God grown Madison Church bigger than what he already has? Because God is preparing us. God is preparing us to, to, to reach that harvest. He's preparing us as we go. And I feel like today, with everything we do in life, every trial we face, everything that we go through is something that's preparing us. We may not never have the answers to this. We may never have the answers to what we find in life. But we find Samson going through times and things in his life. You know, Samson was, he had, he had a real highs and Samson had some real lows. We find Samson doing great things for God, taking on many, many people with Philistines. Philistines. He, he, he set the foxes on fire and burns up their crop. You know, we all are familiar with this story, but when we find Samson doing these mighty, mighty things, and then time after time we find Samson allowing his flesh to mess with his, mess with his ministry. So many times in life, you know, we allow things in this world. We allow, we allow this world and the things of this world sometimes to influence us in our life. There's times in life we find ourselves just not, we find our things struggling with something because we've allowed them into our life. Here, Samson, he longed to have a relationship. You know, we go through Samson's life, and as you read through it multiple times, and, and I'll talk about another one here in a few minutes, but we find multiple times he didn't look for a wife or relationships with his people. He constantly kept going to the enemy. He kept constantly going to the enemy's camp to look for relationships. And that's sometimes in life we find ourselves maybe not looking for relationships out there, but we find ourselves, find ourselves leaning out there in, in this world trying to find these experiences, trying to find this and that. And we, we, sometimes we, we drag ourselves down after a while, after time, after time. In Judges chapter 16, we move to where we find, find Samson at the time of his life when he finds himself in the lap of Delilah. And this is the second time he goes into a, for a relationship with someone from the Philippines. The, the Philippians. And so we find ourselves in life, you know, we find ourselves, we find him, you know, time after time, and when they was trying to find his great strength, found what, what made him tick. And we find him, you know, time after time in his life, we find him going through this, and we find her finally giving, getting to him, and we know that story, and we find him telling what he has really, she pressed him day after day. We find him, find him finally giving in to her and telling her his secret, telling what was his strength. And, and we find where they come in and shaved his head off, and then we find him where they take him in and we put, him, put out his eyes and we put him into captivity. And they put him into toil and, my, and, and use him as physical labor. And, and he, he worked in the prison and he worked and he did things for them. And he was in bondage. And so sometimes in life, you know, that's what we allow. When we allow our flesh to, to decide with our life, we, we, we wound up in bondage. We wind up in bondage in life. Everything with the sin comes upon us, as flesh comes upon us, it all becomes bondage. It holds us down. Judges chapter 16, we find him in, his, in the time in his life where it, it ends kind of, we think it's going to end his ministry. 
We find he, we feel like he's over. You know, he's been, he's been, his strength's gone. Now he's just being a manual laborer in a, in a prison somewhere. Just being, just buying, running the grill. He just, he, he is just, just being just what he is. But then we find in Judges chapter 16 and verse 23 where they, they decide they want to enjoy some of him, enjoy some of their, some of him from, from Samson. They want to watch Samson and, and allow him to be entertained them. And in verse 23, the Bible says, Then the lords of the Philistines gathered them together, for they offered a great sacrifice unto Dagon their God, and to rejoice, for they said, Our God hath delivered Samson, our enemy, into our hands. And they said in verse 24, it says, And when the people saw him, they praised their God. For they said, Our God hath delivered unto our hands our enemy and the destroyer of our country, which slew many of us. Here they were when they saw Samson. They started praising their God. Not praising God. They was praising their God, Dagon, their God. They said, that, they said He has delivered him into our hands. Well, I was reading this a couple days or a couple of weeks ago when our, in our daily reading, and, and this, this scripture just jumped out at me. I've read it many, many times and through this story. As I, you know, I talked about, I've talked about Samson a bunch. I've read this scripture. But something jumped out at me. The Bible says the Philistines gathered themselves together and they, they said that our God hath delivered Samson, our enemy, into our hands. They gave their, their God credit for them delivering him. The Philistines was giving their God credit for delivering Samson into their hands. God had to allow that. They didn't just, their God didn't do nothing. Their God was a wooden idol. Their God was, a, their God was still sitting right where it was sitting. It didn't do nothing. And so we find ourselves sometimes like, to here they were giving this God this credit. Here they were worshiping their God because they did this and that. But we find that Jesus is, Jesus, God has to allow everything into our life. God allowed this. First and all, first and foremost, God had to allow them to take him captivity. We, you know, as God, if it was God's will, God was maybe punishing Samson, Samson but the thing about it is God had to allow them to take him. Because if God would have changed his mind, God could have did it every other time. God could have gave his strength back. God could have gave his strength back at any point of the time. And he could have, he could have took them out just like he did it every other time. But God allowed them to take his life. You know, we look at Lot's life and we say, well, why would God take things? But we look at Lot. Lot was minding his own business. And in, in his life. We look at Job's life. Job here, he was minding his own business and he, all of a sudden he, he finds himself losing everything. He lost his wife, his children. I mean, his children, his livestock, everything about but his wife. He probably should have lost his wife because she was a, the thorn in his thigh. But, but, but sometimes in life, you know, we find he, here he was minding his own business. But we, we, we read the scripture. God said he allowed Satan. They, Satan couldn't touch, touch Job until God allowed him to touch him. Jesus is complete control of this world. It doesn't matter. COVID didn't have nothing on God. COVID didn't take God by surprise. It, this this uh, social unrest in this country didn't take God by surprise. Nothing in this world takes God by surprise. The, because God is in complete control. 
That's what we, we put our faith in God. God, there's none of this other stuff matters. We look at the news and we get all of us discouraged. We get all upset because of the news is this and that and everything don't just fall in place like we have, but God's still in control. God does it. God controls it all. So it doesn't matter where we find ourselves sometimes in life. God is still in complete control. Jesus on the cross, and we just went through Easter, Easter, but Jesus was on the cross. When he said on the cross, he said, it is finished. He was still in complete control because it wasn't all over. Here they, the guards and everyone in the devil, even the devil thought, well, I've won this battle when he said it is finished. But when he said it was finished, it hadn't just ended. It had just only begun. God has just said it is finished because he said that my plan is finished and it's complete in, in his planning. It's complete in his, in his work. And so tonight as, as, we, as he was standing on that cross and he died, you know, it's the, the third day he rose and he gave us a way to deal with sin. He gave us a way to deal with everything thing we face in this world. His life had just began. He was still in complete control. It also had, another thing it had a lot had to do with is Samson's decisions and his choices that helped him helped him be where he was at. It was more his choices and his, his decisions and his choices put him in that dungeon more than their God. Their God had nothing to do with it. Samson's choices and his decisions allowed, and God allowing him to go there. We give credit so many times, or we even give the blame for some things to everyone else but but us. We give the blame and the credit for every, where we're at in our life. If I'm not this where, I'm not, if, I, if I'm not this high in financial, if I'm not this or that, we always blame someone else or we give someone else the credit for why we're here and why we're there. It, it, all this began even at Adam and Eve. When you go back to the garden, it's where it began, this blame game. You know, we know when, when, when Adam and Eve sinned, Adam blamed the woman and Eve blamed the, the serpent. It wasn't nobody's fault. It wasn't their fault. It was someone else's fault. And so many times in life we find ourselves just like that. We find ourselves falling in that same deception. We find ourselves in that same place in life. We find ourselves wanting to blame someone else or give someone else the credit for things in our life. There's only one way we can be places if we make decisions to go there and God allows us to go there. Samson, one minute he seemed to be under the anointing, great anointing of God. And the very next minute he was he's completely in the opposite direction. So many times we find ourselves just like that. We, sometimes we found ourselves just in church. We feel like God is, we could take on anything we face. And the very next moment we feel like we're, we, we need to crawl in a hole and die. But sometimes in life, you know, we find ourselves going from these highs and these lows. Because we couldn't. Sometimes in life, you know, we go in these opposite directions because he could feel God's anointing. He could feel God's presence upon him when he took on some battles. So he felt everything else was okay. Sometimes when we allow things in our life, we allow sin in our life, sometimes because we can still come to church and we can feel God. We can come to church and we can still feel his presence. That makes everything okay. And so many times I told someone here the other day when I was praying with them and I told them, I says, you, you know, you have to, you just come and, you know, you feel like, because you can still feel God. You think everything, everything you did the other four days or five days this week, they're okay because you walk in this presence and you can feel God. 
Just like Samson. Samson had mistaken God's grace for his approval. And so many times in life we're just like Samson because we can still feel God or we still can, we can even stand behind this pulpit and preach a message under the anointing. Because God still, his word is not going, it's going to go, it goes forth, it's going to be anointed. But that don't mean God, his approval of everything we do in life. We must get our life straight and narrow. But because we feel God's presence in service, we feel God or we feel his anointing, sometimes we find ourselves living in that. How many of us have been living in the same deception with Samson? Here, Samson, because he could feel God, he could feel God's anointing on his life, and he could do great things still under the power of God. So all the low times in his life when he was, when he was not doing what he's supposed to be doing. He, he said, well, because God feels, the Bible says when he wished not that the presence of God had left him, that was because he still could feel God. And he had mistakenly, he said, well, it don't matter what I do. It doesn't, he got to a place in his life. He got to a place, it didn't matter what he felt like he did. All he had to do was turn back to God. And I'm not saying God ain't a merciful God. God is a merciful God. God, We can't go too far for God. But sometimes in life, you know, we get that mindset that all I got to do is just say one Jesus and I'm back fine. Or all I got to do is walk back in his house and I just do, what, do good works and I'm fine. It doesn't work that way. As long as, we, as long as we come to church and we feel a little tingle, or maybe even feel like sometimes we pray until we feel good. I told someone else this other day they was praying and, and every time they come to church they were battling things always constantly battling things and they, they would pray until they started speaking in tongues. They would pray until they started speaking in tongues as soon as they started speaking in tongues they'd cut it off. I told them I said you got to push, push through that. I says, you just, you just get into where you feel it, feel God is okay. You feel his, his anointing on your life or you feel that you get to that place, you're just speaking in tongues. You think as far as you need to go. Well, I told him, you need to push forward. You need to push until you have a breakthrough. You need to keep pushing until you get a breakthrough because you're just getting to the place where you feel good and you feel like everything else is okay. And sometimes in life, we find ourselves just that place. And every one of us, we find our place just as long as I come in where I pray a little bit and I feel God and I feel his presence. Oh, I'm okay now. I'm, I'm good. I'm stopped right here. But we need to push until we get a complete breakthrough. It doesn't matter how far you get away from God. He always allows us for U-turns. But we must push until we get a breakthrough. We must keep pushing until we get a breakthrough. Because if we keep, if we go back, one sign we need a breakthrough is because if we keep going back to the same old place, if we keep going back to the same old struggles in life, if we keep, keep struggling with the same old sin in our life, if we keep struggling with the same old temptation, we need to break through that. We need to pray until that is delivered in our life. We need to pray for a deliverance, not just for anointing. We need to pray for God to deliver us from some things in this world. As I said, God doesn't, doesn't we can't get too far away from God. As, you know, the story of the prodigal son, and we sing about him, we, we talk about him a lot because we want the prodigals to come home. But here he was, he, he made the decision, just like Samson. He made the decision to go waste his waste, waste his money and waste his, his inheritance. And sometimes in life, we, we make them decisions just like him. But it didn't matter how far he went. But one story I like about that story of the prodigal son is because when he decided to turn back, his father was waiting. And his father ran to him. 
And he took him and received him. So many times in life, you know, when we find ourselves, no matter how far we get, God is standing there waiting for us to come back. And so sometimes when we may find ourselves struggling, we may find ourselves like Samson. We may find ourselves like Samson in the, in the dungeon with his eyes out, put out. Just somebody making sport of him. But if we turn back to God, he will receive us. Judges 16 in the scripture I read beginning, Judges 16 and 28, the Bible says, And Samson called unto the Lord and said, O Lord God, remember me. I pray thee and strengthen me, I pray thee. Only this once, O God, that I may be at once avenged of the Philistines for my two eyes. The Bible says, remember me. Here Samson was in the midst of this, and we know the story of Samson. We know where he he was he, he went over to the pillar, the two pillars that held the building up, and there was thousands of Philistines in that building at that time. And the Bible says that he prayed to God. He says, remember me. And this scripture, and I, and I, and I, and I, this jumped out at me tonight, and I, and I was wondering how where I was going to title this or how where I was going to end this up at. But, but God was saying, "Remember me." He Samson said, "Remember me, God." It wasn't that God had forgot him. God knew right where he was at. It don't matter how low we get, how far we get away from God. God is right there. Believe me, I've been there. I've been there away from God, and I know God is still right there. I felt his anointing and his tug on my heart just as strong when I was not living in the house of God and when I was in God. So it doesn't matter how far you get away from God, God hadn't, God's still right there. So God knew right where he was at. It wasn't that he was trying to make sure he didn't forget him. But one thing I think he was saying is in, is, is in Revelations 2 and 5. The Bible says, remember therefore from the, thou art Remember, therefore, from art thou how far fallen thou art falling, and repent, and do the first works, or else I will come unto thee quickly, and I will remove thy candlesticks out of the place, except thou repent. What Samson was doing, Samson was repenting. Samson had found a place in his life that he needed to repent. You know, we find in our life, you know, sometimes God, God will get us there. You know, we look at Jonah and in the story of Jonah, and I've always said this. And Jonah, he, here he was in the boat, middle of the storm, and he knew why the storm was there. He knew that there was sin in his life. That's why he was there. And as he was facing that storm, and he was looking into that storm, we asked why why Jonah didn't repent right there in the boat. But Jonah waited till he was thrown overboard and spent three days in the belly of a fish before he decided to repent. So sometimes in our life, we're like Jonah. Sometimes we have to get away from God. We have to, we have to, we have to see, see how bad it's going to get before we turn, decide to turn back to God. And so, but, but here was Samson was. He was in a place that he was ready to talk to God. He was a place where he was really ready to repent. And he decided he would repent to God. But when he repented to God, God, God heard his prayer. We know that God touched him and God strengthened him that one last time. And the Bible says he killed more Philistines at his death than he did any other time in his life. So sometimes we don't have to wait till our final, final straw, final thing in life. God is wanting us to be used now. He just don't want us to have to wait till we get to like Samson or like Jonah in the belly of a fish for three days. He wants us to, he wants us to turn back now. And sometimes in life we find, find ourselves feeling like that. We find ourselves struggling in life. 
And tonight, I, I, can't, I feel like that my, burning, my message in my heart tonight is, you know, I'm not saying we have sin in your life, but I'm just saying sometimes we allow things in our life to interrupt our path. We, have, we allow things in our life to change us and direct us and keep us from being what God really wants us to be. God is wanting us to do a great revival, but the Bible's got to have people to step in. God has got to get us to do our calling. We all have a calling. We're always, as I said in the beginning, we all were born. Before we was born, we had something called in our life. And I feel like God is waiting for us to get everything in our life right. We don't have to be like Samson. We don't have to be like a lot of the other Bible characters. We don't have to wait until our world is upside down before we turn to God. We can turn to him now. We can turn to him right now and go to him. And we don't have to get that far. Our young people, we don't have to allow your life to, to hit the rocks before you turn to God. We don't have to wait till the lot, everything in your life is gone and you've you're, you got gray hair before you turn and you do something for God. God is calling you to be used now. It doesn't matter how old or how young you are. God has a, has a calling for our life. And he's asking us to step into that calling. Psalms 25 and 6 says, Remember, O Lord, thy tender mercies and love kindness, for they have been very old. Remember not the sins of my youth, nor my transgressions according to my mercies. Remember thou me for thy goodness sake, O Lord. Tonight, I want God to remember me for the good things in my life. I want to, I'm praying tonight that God is, is moving in our life and wants us to do things. And tonight, I, I, I want us to, as we go through life, you know, we remember things in our life. And tonight, I want God to remember me for great things. Not that just be for, put check marks by my name. But God has called me, He's, God has called you to do a work. And tonight, I want us to, to step into that. As I begin to close, I ask us to stand across here tonight and tonight we, we, we all have a calling on our life and we have something in our life that God is really wanting to do tonight if there's anything in your life that you feel like is, is you've allowed into your life or circumstances is allowed in your life tonight's the night we need to lay that down we don't need to wait till like Samson and until we're already done up and we've already wore out and we've, we can't really be used of God but God is wanting to use us as a church. He wants us to be anointed. He wants us to be, be usable vessels. And I ask us tonight, as we pray, every one of us make an altar where we stand or open the altar tonight, wherever you want to make it, where you want to pray tonight, I ask us tonight, let's pray right now that God will touch us, that God will remove the things in our life that's, that's hindering us from being what, what God really wants us to be. I ask us to pray right now that God will remove this, the stumbling blocks in our life and remove the things that we've, we've put there, Lord. Lord, I ask us right now to pray right now that God will anoint us, Lord, and draw us closer to Him. Let, him, let us pray right now, Lord. I Hello, and thank you for joining us for the Hatchbend Apostolic Church web broadcast. In our society today, some, and yes, sadly, maybe even most, question the value of preaching in their lives. But we still believe what Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. In essence, Paul preached that God has chosen the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. 
And so that's why we still place such a high value on the preached Word of God in agreement to the Scripture. And so now I'd like to thank you again for joining us for a message from the pulpit of Hatchbend Apostolic Church.